Hello, Collateral Gaming listeners. Chazzle Dazzle here from the Trial by Air Variety Show podcast. I just wanted to take a few seconds to invite you guys over to what we do. No, it's not video games, but we do invite really awesome and unique bands from all over the world. We dig deep into their souls and find really cool stories to tell you, and there's tons of music every week, so subscribe to us wherever you subscribe to your podcast. We look forward to having you. I'm Ashley Chancellor. And I'm Megan Gomez. This is Collateral Gaming. And welcome back to another episode where we discuss a Quantic Dream, very, very famous game called Heavy Rain. Um, this is going to be an interesting one because this one is now, as we just discussed um, a couple of moments ago before we started, 11 years old. Um, and it's definitely um, it's it's definitely going to be a hot take for me because this, this game is not how I remember it from a couple of years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, yeah, right after our episode on Beyond Two Souls... Uh, we're, we're delving into yet another Quantic Dream game. Uh, these two, I think, are going to be really interesting to compare and contrast. Um, yeah. and, and we may even kind of discuss, or I will anyway, uh, Detroit Become Human a little bit because uh, that one is also very similar. And, and these are the three games that I got packaged together when I purchased uh, Beyond Two Souls. And so I, that's why I was kind of like, hey, let's just talk about, you know, like one of the other ones too. And um I'm really glad we are talking about Heavy Rain because there are some things that I love about Heavy Rain um, that that make me like it even more than Beyond Two Souls. But like I said before, there are some things that Beyond Two Souls does better. Um, mm-hmm. For one thing, Heavy Rain does feel quite a bit more dated, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially with some of the graphics and just that that what feels like forever sequence when Ethan is just, Jason, 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 Jason. <laughs> Jason. <laughs> I feel so bad. I used to have a boss named Jason and every morning in the morning we'd discuss this because he loved video games. And I'd be like, good morning, Jason, Jason. And if I needed his attention, I'd call for him like that. And he'd be like, I fucking hate you. Leave me alone. <laughs> Favorite part of the game, hands down. Cause you're just walking around a shopping mall going, Jason, Jason, you know, and it leads funny. up to one of the saddest parts of the game, but <laughs> exactly, yeah, it's one of the, like the goofiest moments, and then it's followed by, yeah, like the saddest moment in the game, of course, which is when uh, Ethan's son Jason dies, gets hit by a car, and, and I think that kind of sets the tone for the rest of the game because he's that much mm-hmm. more willing to save his son Sean. You know, you've already lost yeah. one; this is the only one that's left. Um, I love how the moment is sort of foreshadowed in that prologue section uh, when the bird dies. I thought that that was really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So you start out with this prologue segment, kind of a tutorial, just kind of laid back, lets you kind of explore the house and and figure out some of the other actions. No pressure. And then it goes right into the You can look in your mirror like a tool. Yeah. what? That's one of my another one is is where Ethan is just sitting there and he looks in the mirror like a tool and he's like, yeah, what's up? I'm Ethan. And he's like, man. (laughs) Man, I got to go do some other shit. And it's like, what are you doing, bro? What are you doing? Also, you get to see ass. 
Yeah. You gotta I don't want to see some ass. <laughs> right, right, Bo? You got you to gotta show ass to sell movie. Definitely. <laughs> show of ass course. to sell movie, Greg. Or, or, or in this case, game. But anyway, um, fair bit of nudity. I really enjoyed the tits. I mean, we got to see titties whenever you got to play as Madison, and it was pretty great. You sound like my husband. Just titties! <laughs> Don't care. Saw titties. <laughs> Don't care. Saw titties. <laughs> game conquered. Saw titties. <laughs> but um yeah you actually play as quite a few different characters in this game beyond yeah. the souls was focused solely on jody and Aiden, but this game centers around actually four protagonists um ethan yeah. who we've already mentioned scott shelby uh and of course um the fbi agent Jaden, right norman Jaden. yeah yeah norman norman Jaden, and then of course uh madison and uh, mm-hmm. each one of them kind of, uh, I, I mean, each one of them has, I, I think, a distinct story. And, and at first they don't seem to be related, but you start to see how, of course, all of these four stories intertwine. So I do think that Heavy Rain is a bit more like Detroit Become Human than Beyond Two Souls is. If anything, Beyond yeah. Two Souls is, is, is kind of the, the black sheep out of the three because... Uh, Detroit Become Human, of course, features the multiple protagonists whose narratives yeah. kind of cross over. And, and then also, of course, features uh, a more similar UI and, and, and control scheme. But, um, but yeah, I do like how you have these four characters and how their stories intertwine in regards to the origami killer. Yeah, and, 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 you know, Beyond Two Souls is kind of its own different uh, just because of the way that, you know, the two souls intertwine, obviously. You know, it, it doesn't have its own necessary, um, like, protagonist kind of style, uh, you know, whereas, whereas, you know, in Heavy Rain, you know, it's like four different perspectives going into the same plot kind of thing, um, which is kind of where, you know, you start to see a lot of contrast in where um, – Quantic Dream tried to kind of go a little bit out of their shell and then realizing that their their pivotal um, style of gameplay that they're really good at creating is with this multiple protagonists kind of tie everything together in the end like a braid style, which is, I mean, in this game and in from Detroit Become Human, from what I've understood of the game, I personally haven't played it. Um, my PlayStation is about 0.2 seconds away from seizing and just dying on me, so I didn't get the chance to play it, um, but... From what I've heard, they, they are very, um, very similar, but different in, in a lot of ways like that as well. Yeah. Uh, one, one way in which, you know, Heavy Rain does distinguish itself between the other two, and I mentioned this in the last episode, was that, you know, whereas uh, Beyond Two Souls, you know, delves into the fantasy and the supernatural, uh, Heavy Rain takes place in a, in a fully uh, realistic setting, uh, you know. In a very human setting. A very human setting and, and, and dealing with human emotions and, you know, how far people are willing to go for the people in their life or for their own ideals. So it and it, it very it is a very interesting story. I love the murder mystery dynamic and mm-hmm. I love how it's not immediately clear how all of the characters stories intertwine, but eventually they do and they do cross over each other and they encounter each other. And, um, and just constantly switching every chapter, switching to another character really just changes the whole dynamic. I think Beyond Two Souls makes up for it by throwing the seek the stories all out of sequence. And so it does still feel like the perspective is constantly shifting because you will deal yeah. with 
different characters, so to speak, because Jodie's a different person when she's a child as she is when a, as a teenager or an adult. Um, so you do have a similar feel, at least in that aspect. But, you know, being able to handle all of these characters differently and the types of choices that they would make also made this game more interesting is that instead of solely picking the choices that I felt best defined me, I was kind of digging into these characters' heads and, you know, kind of thinking, you know, how do I feel this character would react here, you know? Exactly. Which and is... So, and, and, Go ahead. And going back into be to Beyond Two Souls, it's like, because the... the the characters are from the same developer. I'm like, man, like how the fuck would Jody react to this right now? Like she'd lose her shit. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like she would definitely make it through because she's a very strong character in that respect. Um, I, you know, what was interesting though, in that whole pursuit of, you know, trying to decide how these characters are is particularly with Scott Shelby, because, <laughs> you know, the whole time I saw him as this wholesome gentleman and I made decisions in that way. You know, I made yep. good decisions. I, I beat up the dude in, in Lauren's Mama, room, you know, I'm a good boy. Yeah, and, and, and I tried to be sensitive and gentle and, and comforting, and, and I really, really liked him. He was one of my favorite characters because he just seemed like such a warm person. And what do you know? He's the origami killer. Complete yep. twist. Blew my mind. Had no idea. I do love how, you know, several of his thoughts, though, when you kind of go back and play the game again, a lot of them do kind of do seem to have this double entendre uh, quality to them, you know? Yeah. Also, it, it almost just seems like when you play it back, um, but, but like your first playthrough, when you realize he's the killer and you think back on those thoughts, it's like he was freaking lying to himself. Like, I don't know if maybe there's like a point where he experienced some trauma that maybe wasn't discussed in the game, but this dude seems to completely forget who he is. And he's like, yeah, man, like these poor kids got to save him. And then like all of a sudden you're just like, fuck yeah oh fuck man i killed those kids like i'm the killer and you're like, huh? like <laughs> it's just it's like the most interesting ending but something you'd never expect um and it's one of those things where it's like you know you know you're doing like you're watching a horror movie for example um i, I know that this is kind of a tie in horror movies a lot where it's like oh my god who's the killer and it's like it ends up being the one girl you didn't expect or the one guy you didn't expect or something and you're like what the fuck it's right. just one of those things that throws you for a complete loop. And it, I think this game is very, very good at executing. Um, also, this man's just absolute disassociation from who he was in the past. Like he just completely disassociates and creates an entire new identity. And it's interesting that no one has a single clue, you know, that's probably the best explanation because he does seem like a very different person and some of his internal thoughts, which of course at any point when you're playing a character, you can hear their thoughts, which sort of gives you a, a clue as to, you know, where you should go or proceed. Mm -hmm. But you know, some of his thoughts do kind of seem to contradict. So, so maybe it's possible he did completely dissociate. I mean, after all, obviously Scott feels fully justified in what he's doing. I think he feels bad. I don't think he wants to kill children. And yeah. it does seem like he had very real genuine feelings for Lauren. I mean, after all, yes. I saved her as Scott. If I'm the killer, why the hell would I do that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think he could also just have disassociative identity disorder. Um, just because like he just completely becomes this entirely different dude. And like the the guy that killed these kids is a fucking sociopath because his brother died. 
Whereas right. the the detective, the man who's leading this investigation, the man who's taking care and handling his biz, is a caring, loving man wondering what's going on with these kids and falling in love with a, a woman who, you know, has a drug problem in the process. And it's like, huh, hey, what? Well, I'm then sorry? again, we do know that he the reason he was doing that was to collect the evidence, you know? Well, and, and, yeah. And, and, yeah. And to, you know, kind of get them off his tail. And so he does kind of have that cover story. But it is interesting. They throw a few clues in there early on because he mentions that he was hired you know, but who is he hired by? We never see him interact with anyone other than, you know, the characters we do in the game. And so, you know. Yeah. And so, you know, it is a very, uh, it, it, I don't know what I was trying to say there. <laughs> but yeah, I know it, what you mean, though. I know what you're trying to say. I understand. <laughs> Yeah, it's a complex narrative. Uh, it's interesting that you mentioned disassociative identity disorder because it does seem that that's what Sean, oh, not, sorry, Sean, Ethan, Sean's father, suffers from. And, and it's actually the red airing they kind of th try to throw at you. Of course, the game, yeah. I think, calls it schizophrenia instead, which is not the same thing. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, no. he's obviously suffering from DID or multiple personality disorder, or uh, maybe he thinks he is. And um, yeah. So you are led to believe that he may be the origami killer. And he states that he thinks that he might be, you know, when he's yeah. not realizing it. He blacks out. He's got the origami crane in his hand. By the way, I don't think they ever did explain that, did they? The the concept of the animals? Well, why does he have, why does, why does Ethan have the crane in his hand? You know, I don't know. Um, and, and, and I also don't think the origami was really discussed. Maybe it was. I, or that I, that I, do, I just don't it was. remember. Because whenever you go is. visit okay. Scott's mom, um, you you realize you know she she, she explains right. the significance of the origami. That's right. It took me a second to remember that. I was like, I know it's it's in there somewhere. Come on, brain, we can do it. It's okay, buddy. Yeah. But but yeah, like I said, I I do think that it it is really cool beginning to see the 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 story from the perspective of these different characters and making different decisions. You know, um, I totally was 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 rooting for Scott and Lauren to get together and for uh, Ethan and M Madison. Yeah, well they well they do, um, they do. in the end. Well, in depending end. on what choices you make, right? Yes, <laughs> yes, and this game has uh, quite a number of different endings um, where you can have, you know, good, happy ending, which honestly in this game, which kind of shows it's, it's um, age is you have to fuck up really hard to get the bad endings. You re you really have to just, you have to try to get the bad ending. That's true. Um, Cause I didn't have this much game difficulty. is all about like, a, yeah. And this game has like its own like saving grace where it's like, Oh, you messed up. Let's give you another chance. We're just, we have to give you this good ending. And you're like, bro, like, why can't I just see what happens if I fuck everything up? Like, yeah. why can't I have like this monumental failure of a father, you know, because like he's done some shit that's fucked up and he deserves to pay for it. You know, it's like, oh, he gets a redemption arc. Like I've played through this game three times. I want to see him fuck up, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the quick time events aren't too difficult um, for the most part. I mean, I felt that they were a lot easier than Beyond Two Souls because you actually have... Yes on-screen uh, uh, prompts. prompts to show you what to do. But at yeah. the same time, this what this game does have is that it is possible for characters to die or for their stories to end, you know, midway through the story or for them not to be able to be a part of events due to being incarcerated or whatnot. 
Um, and, mm. and that's something that does distinguish it here is in Beyond Two Souls, I mean, Jody can't die. Her story is going to continue on through the game until you get to the end. But yeah. in uh, in Heavy Rain, you know, at any point there, the characters can die or, or go to jail or, you know, and, and, and what decisions you make as each character has far-reaching consequences and some of the chapters can be skipped depending on what decisions that you make um yes you know and you know it's funny is is that whole part in the game and i guess this should have been a huge red flag that scott wanted to like dust off all the evidence and i should have seen it but i didn't i mean i thought that that was weird but i i kind of agreed with his reasoning i was like okay that makes sense but i actually forgot to wipe down something and i ended up at the police station so <laughs> and that can be yes avoided. yes it can be it can be completely avoided. Um, but, you know, also he's he's a detective and, you know, he's, he's stuck in a situation where, you know, there's a dead body and he's the last person seen with this guy alive. Like they're even though he's a cop, he's automatically suspected of it. So, you know, you have to kind of cover yourself and cover your own ass there. But, yeah, you it like once you realize who the killer is, like you go back through the game and you're like, are you fucking kidding me? Like what? Yeah. What? So. All of my characters, except for Norman, died. And, and what sucks is early on in the game, I, I didn't really kind of, I, didn't, I really didn't understand. And I ended up taking the trypto instead of making it to the bathroom. And, and I, I later learned that I could have made it to the bathroom and not used the trypto. And so I think yes. it's because I used the trypto that one time that later on in the game, when he's putting the evidence together and he seems to be figuring it out, he just dies in the middle of that. It sucked. Yes. I didn't know what to do. He just died there. And I was like, man. <laughs> yes. And, and yes. He, 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 yeah. He, he was going to figure it out, you know, and, and he totally knew, you know, that the other cop, uh, Blake, seemed to be in on it. And I think he was because they didn't make that clear, at least not in my playthrough, but it seemed that he might have been aware of what Scott was doing and was covering for him. Because he did seem awfully convinced, you know, or he did seem awfully determined to uh, throw, you know, the scent on to other people and, and incriminate other people, you know, as quickly as possible. Yeah. He was a bad cop, by the way. He broke so yeah. many rules. <laughs> yeah, definitely a lot of dirty cop action there and lots of, you know, you, you do get to see a lot of what happens behind the scenes and in police stations where it's like, you know, I'm going to use the name of the title here, but heavy discussions on, you know, how cases go, how things, you know, you know, will turn out, you know, how do I do this, do this? I have to solve this, you know, I have to help this family or, you know, just how, how, you know, you can see a perspective of how a lot of detectives and cops think. Um, and I think that's where this game uh, kind of shines is, you know, the murder mystery of all of it. It's like a living clue game, but with an extra horror added to it. Uh, you know, it's like, who is the killer? Who did have the candlestick in the bedroom kind of thing? Um, and there's not a lot of games out there that I personally know of that have this kind of narrative. You know, it's like, figure out who the killer is. It's, you know, it's like you can play like Friday the 13th where you're playing as Jason. And, you know, you can do all that shit. Jason. But like, <laughs> but like you don't get the opportunity to have like a lot of games where it's like, who is the killer? Who done it kind of thing. It, I love the murder mystery aspect. I think that's what I enjoyed more about this game yeah. than Beyond Two Souls. Um, and, and I really did enjoy all of the characters because they did seem all to be good-natured people. Um, and, and a lot of that can be skewed a little bit. But for instance, you know, with, with Agent Jaden, of course, I was, was Eric on the side of being a good cop and not wanting to resort to violence. 
Exactly. And, you know, I jived with that character. That seemed to be who he was as a person, um, which which actually really sucked when he died for me. I was like, man, <laughs> I did enjoy his segments quite a bit, though. He might have been my favorite to play as, but I don't know. I also really liked playing a Scott, too. But yeah. um, I love the whole airy thing and being able to scan for evidence. That was really cool. Made me feel like I was playing, you know, like a crime investigation type game and and, and being able to find evidence that I might have overlooked and whatnot. Um, I mean, who is your favorite to play as? I would say the exact same simply because like I'm a crime junkie. I've, you know, like I grew up sitting at the dinner table watching like NCIS, CSI, stuff like that. It's the reason why I went into the medical field, honestly, is because of Ducky (laughs) Um, in NCIS. Um, So, you know, I grew up watching that and, you know, just being like the crime junkie that I am, you know, it, it intrigues me. I like to, you know, put pieces together, solve things and theorize and stuff like that. Hence the reason why I also watch Marvel because there's lots of Easter eggs and everything. Um, But, you know, it's, it's cool to be able to play a character where it's like, Oh, what's this? Let me scan it. (laughs) You know, it just, it's, it's, it's just simply cool. Like I, I love the, the investigation and the, the mysteries that's, that shrouds this entire game of who, like I said before, who done it is just, it fascinates me. Yeah. It's a crime game and I love it. Fans of crime shows and, and true crime podcasts and whatnot. I think we'll get a kick out of this game. Uh, because it very much feels like that, you know, uh, whether you're into CSI or Criminal Minds or SVU, I think, you know, the, or NCIS or, you know, I, I think that you'll get something out of it. Uh, it is a lot of fun. Um, another thing I wanted to point out, too, before I forgot, because we were kind of on the t- subject of it earlier, but uh, it is interesting how many things you realize that Scott did for different reasons than we thought he did. Yes. You know, yes. okay, so he's collecting the evidence. That's why he was he was he's going and doing the PI thing. Um maybe his blooming relationship with Lauren has more to do with his guilt over what he did to her son. And of course, literally trying to hunt down Kramer, you know, you thought that the reason that he was going after Kramer is because he thought that he was the dude and he was mad. And I felt that with him, you know, and that's why I let Kramer's dad fucking die because of what that shit he said. I was like, nah, you could fucking die. You bastard. Yeah. I let him die. Um, but in reality, Scott was actually mad because he was dragging the origami killer's name through the mud because yeah. he has a legitimate reason or he feels like he's looking for the ideal father. This guy just did it for kicks, you know? Exactly. And it, and it does show a lot to, to who he is as, as a killer as well. Um, and just the fact that he's like, there, there can be no other, I can't have an imposter. It can he's only be me. Yeah, he's literally, he's literally a sociopath. Like you're just like once you once you like it it all comes down to the ending of the game and you're like, Holy shit, this guy is nuts. Like what the hell is wrong with this dude? There's lots of moments where you're like, damn, like Ethan's pretty fucked up and then you like realize and it goes to the cut through where it's like, I'm my leg is stuck in the drain and then it's like it all cuts off from there and you're like, Oh shit. Yeah. Oh, shit you're just like oh my god it's it's insanity the way they tell you he's scott you know it's funny too because i remember hearing that this game had like four playable characters right and then i'm I'm playing as this kid and i'm like oh this is a fifth character technically they didn't talk about him oh wait he is one of the <laughs> playable characters like that one moment when they're like scott and i'm like scott yeah. who's scott oh no scott 
Yeah. Scott Shelby. No, I liked him. <laughs> and I'm literally sitting Judith, here in disbelief. No. You know, he's he's burning all this evidence and I'm going through my mind. I'm like, maybe the, nope, nope. He's the origami killer. <laughs> Scott's like, and I brought you myrrh. Murder. Judas, no. <laughs> <laughs> like straight up. You're just like, fuck. Like, yeah, it, it got me in my feels the first time I played through and I realized that. And, you know, you get to see that cutscene, and you're like, Scott, Scott. And it's like, oh, oh, Lord. Like, you're just you're freaking out. Like, it, it's, it's definitely an interesting revelation. And I, I love how the game has twists and ties and just throws you literally into the storm drain like that. Like, you're just like, what the fuck? Also, can we talk about how the fact that Ethan can never die, but he literally crashes a car, crawls through glass and gets absolutely fucking pummeled? Like, oh, I went through shit as Ethan. And you know what? I'm a dad, so I fucking did it. I killed that dude because you know what? Oh, yeah, I did too. That's my fucking son. And you know what? This guy's not such a great guy anyway, but I would absolutely do the same thing for my daughter. I'm sorry. Even if you're an innocent person, you know what I mean? They have priorities. My daughter comes before a lot of other people in this world. Yeah. Well, um, I justified it because the dude was a major drug dealer and was. it probably halted Trump crime for a little bit. So I was like, yeah, I'll kill a drug dealer. Fuck it. <laughs> That's yeah. so fucked up for me to say, but in a game context, it's not. He wasn't a good guy. And, and, and I was ready to <laughs> die myself. No. It sucked. Yeah. I didn't want to have to die as Ethan, but I was like, man, if I got to do what I got to do for my kid, like I'm going to fucking do it. And then I found out you don't exactly. actually have to complete all the challenges. Um, apparently you can still get the address. Like he can figure yes. it out or the one of the yes. other, like Madison or, or Norman can figure it out for you. So I kind of mm -hmm. kicked myself in the foot there, but at the same time, that's kind of the point. You don't know. So for me as, as a father, I'm playing a father, you know, there's absolutely nothing I wouldn't do. And so that's what yeah. I'm going to do. I'm going to be the character that's just going to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, break laws, put himself at risk. And he fully realizes, he's like, yeah, I'll turn myself in after this is all done. He's like, I think I, I actually do think I am the origami killer, but I have to save my son and I'm the only one that can do it. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll turn myself in after this is all done, but I'm going to fucking do it. Although it is kind of funny how he does get off scot-free. I mean, you he, think everybody does. Yeah. Just like, I mean, how does the law work? If someone, if someone threatens your child or threatens you with death and forces you to do things, I guess you don't actually get in trouble for that in real um, life. You know, I, I don't know necessarily because I mean, if, if you commit a murder while you're coerced, it's, it's coercion, but you still commit the murder. So it, it all just kind of comes down to it. You know, it, it, it also just depends on your mental state, things like that. Cause I mean, you could be under Stockholm syndrome and not even realize it. You know, you're with a dude, with a girl, with, you know, a whatever, um, you know, cause I don't want to specialize in just one, two genders there. Um, uh, you know, you could just be with this person and, you know, they coerce you to, you know, commit a felony or commit a murder or steal a car, you know, just whatever. And that's coercion technically because you're not in the right mental state because you're completely dependent on this person. Um, so I, I don't know exactly how that would be. Um, I'd also don't want to look that up and then have the FBI compound on my door when I'm looking this up for a game, you know, like how, how does this work? Because none of them got any trouble. Like they all got off scot-free FBI open up like shit. Damn it. <laughs> I mean, I think that because you were coerced into doing something because your own life was threatened or someone that you love, I don't 
think that that would qualify as, you know, like, like you, you know what I mean? I, I think that yeah. there should be that that's a special circumstance. Right. But I don't know. Yeah. Even so, you know, and, and then afterwards, you know, he, if you play your cards right, you get to have the happy ending where he moves in with Madison and Sean. And it's yeah. nice. I did save Sean, which, by the way, like, you yeah, said, they do give you a lot of chances to do that. I think mainly because they didn't want you to really feel like, oh, damn, I fucked up. And like now, you know, I got the bad ending. Like, no, like you can get the good ending if you try moderately hard at it. But I did kill one of my characters off. I didn't get the best ending. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, also, alternatively, it just it all depends on, you know, could maybe they brought the evidence forward. And, it, you know, after seeing, you know, that this cop was literally a sociopath and was killing his kids and then led the investigation, quote unquote, um, you know, how, how that would all tie. God, that 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 intrigues me. I wonder how that entire court case would go, how the jury would react. It's like I was coerced into shooting a man in the head, but my child's life was at stake and he was drowning in a pool in a fucking warehouse. Yeah. But, OK. I mean, th that is definitely circumstantial. And mm -hmm. and obviously, I think he could prove it. He's got the recordings and everything. So, yeah. Uh, and I maybe really... that's how he got off scot free. Right. Scot free. Yeah. He got off scot free. Uh, scot can actually <laughs> get off scot free. Uh, I believe if you let Lauren die and Scott wins, you know, the, the other characters don't save Sean. Uh, I believe he does actually get out, get out of it. But, oh yeah, I'd, I w I wouldn't know because I try to save her every time. Right, but I, I think that uh, yeah, I think it's totally it's totally possible that Scott can get off scot free. But if you leave Lauren alive, she finds out and she kills you. Uh, and I love that moment. You know, if if Scott dies, that you know she stands on his grave and she spits spits and on it. Yes, great. You know, she's like fuck you. I'm like yes, honey, get it, girl, get it. Yeah, I was just, uh, it, it's such a cool story. I really liked it. It's definitely very well written. Now, mm -hmm. as far as the voice acting goes and the graphics, it does feel quite a bit more dated, uh, like I yes. said before, than Beyond Two Souls does. But if you can look past it and understand that this game is from the early PS3 era, uh, you know, it still is definitely worth checking out. And I think you'll have a good time with it. The control system is a little awkward. The whole, like, having to hold R2 to walk around is weird. Shaking your controller. <laughs> shaking your controller. Oh, my God. I can't tell you how many times I'm like, you know, I'm trying to charge my controller and I'm shaking it so that the, the, the charger falls out or I have headphones in and the headphones fall out. If I could turn off the motion controls, I probably would just because it was so yeah. annoying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, it, it's good in game. Like, there's times when motion control works and times where it doesn't. And it's great that it's inclusive in this, but this game was also re-rendered, which I think is the most updated version for the PlayStation Move. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, if you don't have that at home, if you just want to have, like, a simple gaming experience, like, I don't want to be shaking a controller around because I personally get really scared of, of messing the controller up, you know, because con controllers aren't cheap. You know, even with uh, The Last of Us having to shake the um, controller to do the batteries, Um Moments like that scare me or not. Really? Not, uh, if, is it the last of us? I feel like it is. I, I, I seem to remember that. I know you do that in, in, uh, outlast too, yeah. where you shake the controller and you tap it. Are you prepared to suffer to save your son? You have five minutes to cut off the last section of one of your fingers in front of the camera. 
If you succeed, you will get your reward. Agent Norman Jaden, FBI. My name's Scott Shelby. I'm a private detective. Uh, I'm investigating the case of the origami killer. I'd like a room. Mason Page 27, Dingle. Ethan Mars has had psychological problems since his first son died. Feels responsible for his death. He is haunted by visions of drowning bodies. A few weeks ago, after one of our usual sessions, I found this on the floor. It must have fallen out of his pocket. Ash, I want you to assign every available man to finding Ethan Mars. To keep an eye on the train station, the airport, the bus terminal. I want every cop in the city on his ass. So that if he moves, we know about it. It just, it always freaked me out because, like, especially sometimes it didn't feel like I was shaking the controller hard enough, so I'd have to shake it harder, and I'm just like, I'm going to break something, something's going to, why do I hear a rattle, what's going on, I don't like this, I don't like this. Yeah, I understand. It, it did seem a little jarring, but it does make the sequences just that much more tense. This game, yeah. out of the three, definitely seemed the most tense you know there are yeah. sequences where you're stuck in a car and you, you gotta hit the car you gotta hit the the the, the, the uh quick time events fast enough you know yeah. where you're about to get thrown into a fucking car just demolisher or whatever you call that uh or, oh, a car or, crusher yeah yeah a car crusher or, or you're stuck in a car in the water or you're facing oncoming traffic and you're about to smash you know head on there were so many tents segments in this in this video game and uh and, and you know having to get the motion controls just perfect made that even more difficult um one mm -hmm. thing that one action that i messed up on quite a bit when it was in the middle of like a quick time event was when you had to to tilt the the analog stick up and then circle around sometimes i didn't get oh. that right when i was trying to do yes. it quickly <laughs> yes that one bugged me probably the most because i'm like huh 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 like, it's, like, this game, and, like, it, it has a pretty good tutorial sequence, but, like, those kind of quick time events, you only do them on the spot. And, like, if you don't get it right the first time, like, you don't understand how to do it later, so you're just like, oh, you're setting yourself up for failure, essentially. That's one of the cons I have of this game. Right. Which is good why they, that they give you a good, like, uh, uh, tutorial, but technically speaking, there is a lot that you can miss, so... But I, they do give you a few sequences that aren't as important before throwing into these heightened situations where I think a character can actually die or uh, the storyline can be altered too much. But I, I definitely felt tense all the way throughout. And I'm glad that my characters all at least made it to the end of the game. Uh, Absolutely. So... <laughs> Didn't kill everybody off like you can in Until Dawn. Right, and until dawn, like uh, I also managed to keep characters alive, but I also kind of used the internet a little bit to help me with that. Like I didn't want to spoil the whole plot or anything, but I did want to make sure that I made choices that wouldn't leave characters for dead. Because <laughs> so I did cheat a little bit with that one. Uh, this game, I kind of went in blind though. I actually didn't know much of what was going on. Uh, so, and I'm glad because I was, you know, I had to make decisions not being fully aware of 
you know, the consequences potentially of those decisions. And I think that's the ideal way to play this game. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's, there's a lot of different ways this game can go and, and you can ruin it your, for yourself very quickly. Um, so I recommend, you know, if you are going to go into it, go into a blind, see what reaction you come out with, see what ending you come out with. It's, it's a very interesting game that you can get a lot of different, you know, clues and configurations just from the way that you personally play. Um, which is the reason why I honestly suggested, um, this one and, and beyond two souls, because they just, they have their own uniqueness about them. And it really gives the player a chance to play a game that they want to play it. Um, you know, there's not many games like that. You know, the only other game that I can think of you know, that's more similar to a normal game, um, you know, besides like a storyline like this would be bigger, um, you know, like encounters out in the wild can be, you know, as, as quick and as, um, as quick as you want them to be, they can be as dangerous as you want them to be. Like basically there's a time limit, you know, on, on getting your supplies, but, um, you know, you, you choose how you want to play to get what you need to get. And ultimately that's kind of similar in, in both of, in these games as um, and you know, these games, uh, you know, they do show you that actions have consequences, you know, Definitely. there's lots of games out there that don't show, you know, that, you know, the decision you made to, you know, punch somebody in the face, like commander Shepard does in mass effect, you know, has consequences, you know, and, and it shows the very humanness that we have, you know, our humanity and, and a lot, a lot of quantic dream, um, it seems to be is inspired by that, by, by our sheer humanity, um, and, and how we choose to live our lives, how we choose to make decisions, how we choose to be our own type of human, which is interesting because, you know, the, the latest game is Detroit become human. You know, it's all about discovering mm-hmm. how to be human, how to have humanity. And, and, and it's really what sets us apart from, you know, every, everybody else. And, and, you know, even, even in video games, you know, we haven't encountered any aliens yet, but I'm sure that's how it's going to set us different from everybody else. You know, it's just our sheer humanity. Right. I'm only human. You're only human. Uh, and this game definitely did a great job conveying that through the writing and direction. It did win three BAFTA awards, and I don't yeah, it think did. it was because of the voice acting. <laughs> no. Mm-mm. There wasn't a lot of energy in that. Jason. Jason. But there definitely still is quite a bit of emotion all the way throughout. Uh, the music even contributes to that. I like I like the soundtrack. Yes. Yes. That's one of the things that's also captivated me about, um, you know, the Quantic Dream is they have a really good essence of um, of giving a good storyline to to and to the soundtrack itself. You know, it's very cohesive. It very it ties together. You know, graphics on a game they're going to get better over time. They're going to change over time. But there's one thing that never changes, and it's how well you can create a soundtrack to go with the game, have those slow, low moments of grief, of sadness, of just utter depression and this, this overwhelming sense of just, ugh. and then moments where you win the victory, you get the trophy, whatever it is, you know, and, and there's not many games that can portray such emotion as, as the soundtracks in these games. Like they're really, they yeah. tie you in. It's a good way to get a good game is look at that soundtrack, see, you know, how it all gets together and, and intermingles with the, unfortunately, you know, in this game's case, it was not the best, but how it also intermingles with the voice acting. Cause that's really what's going to draw you in. Yeah, it, it is, you know, the, the soundtrack helps convey the sorrow throughout or, or, or the tenseness in certain situations, the suspense. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, despite the technical limitations at the time, I, I think it comes across real well. It sounds great. 
Yes. Kind of has a little bit, uh, again, of that crime show, murder mystery, detective type story. Mm Mm-hmm. I did like how the mood would sometimes change somewhat. When you're playing a Scott, you know, you're playing as a PI. So it feels like a more classic detective tale. Whereas Norman Jaded utilizes less traditional tactics and more of modern tools. And, and it really yes. feels more like a CSI type show. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I did it's like that. It's something cool that you get to see. And, and there's lots of, you know, there's lots of, you know, just... I don't want to say vibes because I don't want to sound very Gen Z of me, but, um, you know, there's lots of different, um, contrasts and hues, even in just, you know, I mean, the graphics are, they're as good as they can get for 2011, I guess. Um, but, uh, there's lots of just in, in the color, you know, when you're with, you know, um, with Scott, you get a very classic, you know, like crime scene feel type color scheme. You get a very, yes. you know, classic kind of soundtrack and it, it sets the tone for that character. And then you go to Norman and it's very, you know, uppity and poppy. And he's like, I'm gonna figure this shit out. And he's like the new kid on the scene. And you really, you feel that when you're playing the game, it's like, you know, like you make these simple, you know, human errors, like, you know, misspelling a word or something. It's like Norman. And then, you know, it's a seasoned cop. You know, Scott, where you're just like, yeah, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna get this one out and get home, make the the wife dinner before you know it even hits the end of daylight here, and you're like, okay, like sure, whatever, bye. <laughs> and then of course you've got Ethan, who is the parent that's desperate to save his child, willing to do mm-hmm. literally anything to in order mm-hmm. to save him, and 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 puts himself in these perilous situations. And, mm-hmm. and, and and you feel the suspense. Uh, one one part of the game that was kind of interesting for me was I remember in one scene, of course, you know, the scene where Ethan or, or with Sean gets kidnapped. Um, in the next scene with, with Ethan, they ask you to recall details. And I actually had some difficulty with that. And then the game kind of has that that shaky word, you know, the shaking text and everything. Uh, and so it was kind of cool because I myself couldn't recall specific details like what color clothes Sean was wearing. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because like it's one it of those was. things, you know, exactly. It's like, especially if you're in your normal routine, you know, just doing something with your kid. It's just an everyday. And it's one of those things that in retrospect, it's like, oh, I should have paid more attention. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a biological parent myself, but I am a, a step parent. Um, and, and, you know, even just in the things like that, you know, it's you're just enjoying your life so much with your small human that you don't think of those things. So I can totally understand why he's shaky sitting in the police station, like freaking out because it's like, I should have remembered that I should. And, and, you know, in, in the situation as a parent, you know, and I feel like this is with any parent, you know, unfortunately that has to go through, you know, having a situation where the child is taken, you know, you start to doubt yourself. It's like, I should, you know, take a picture of my child, you know, every time we leave the house, I should have, you know, something ready to go. And, and, and you start to get paranoid about how you are as a parent and how good you are as a parent, which which you can see clearly in his character. He he is a good parent. And I, and I fully believe that. And then, of course, and, and, you know, despite how unqualified he may be, you know, as a as a professional in these circumstances, you know, he's not a detective. He's not a police officer uh, or an FBI agent. You know, he still does whatever is necessary. And, and, you know, he doesn't have the training to remember specific details. And and that's what makes his moments all the more desperate. And and then, of course, absolutely. And and then, of course, you have Madison, who's just stuck in the middle of this, a, a complete bystander who ends up throwing herself into the situation because, you know, she, I guess, is an honest, good hearted person she's just a good lady she's a nice lady that's all i have to say about her and she's hot. 
Oh, yeah. She's very pretty. So, titties. Titties. <laughs> Fuck yeah. What, what, what did you think about? What, what did you think about that, Bo? About what? About the titties. <clears throat> Bo gives two thumbs up. I don't know. Bo is, is demisexual, so I guess because he didn't have like a connection with her, he wasn't sexually attracted to her. Mm, that's is that fair. how it works, Bo? I guess so, yeah. Yeah. I just okay. thought it was the bi panic, but it could be just it just could just be the demisexualism, I'm sorry. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's the gay panic in you. Yeah, titties, great. I didn't catch any of it. I don't know what you said. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay, it's buddy. You'll get way. it when you're older. Yeah, well, you know, when you listen back to this episode, I guess. But, yeah, a Heavy Rain is just so much fun. I, I remember just being completely captivated by it, and I couldn't stop playing. Uh, the chapters are quite a bit shorter, but there are a lot more. Uh, does yes. the game feel... Uh, the, the, does the narrative feel a little bit repetitive at times? Maybe. Because, you know, you do keep going back and forth between kind of the same things. You've got Ethan doing the trials. You've got, uh, and you've got the other characters just sort of investigating. But at the same time, I'm constantly waiting for the next thing to happen. And I, I want to know yeah. what that next trial is. And I want to know, you know, how these other characters are are, 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 are going to interact. If, or, you know, are yeah. their paths going to cross? And, and um. I did enjoy that quite a bit. Something that Detroit Become Human, I think, does pretty well as well. But... What happened? Huh? What? Did something happen? Oh, you just stopped and I was like, oh no, what happened? I thought my computer froze again. I was like, oh, oh man... Though you're good. But I guess we'll go into our final thoughts here. Um, what do you think about Heavy Rain? Um, you know, as a, um, as a lover of storyline games, I think this is an interesting choice to make. Um, especially if, as you know, I said earlier, you're a huge fan of true crime or just, you know, the crime procedurals like NCIS, CSI, Criminal Minds. I could name up the whole alphabet soup, you know, because I watch <laughs> all of them. Um, you know, I, I think it's definitely interesting to bring it into a gaming perspective. And I and I genuinely, I, I think that it's, it's a good game. It is dated, so just remember that this is a game from 2011. Um, it's not going to be as pretty as, you know, some of these games that have come out recently. Ah, oh, Horizon Zero Dawn. God, you're beautiful. Uh <laughs> You know, it, it's not going to have, you know, the, the most beauty, but that's not really the point of this game. The point of this game is to um, delve yourself in an intense, you know, murder mystery, you know, whodunit type thing. It's like a real life clue, but with more, a little bit more detail and, and more um, depth into the players instead of just playing with your family or your friends. Um, so it, it's definitely a lot of fun. Um, you know, I know that it does come in a package with Beyond Two Souls and Detroit Become Human. They're very, very good games. You know, they do have, you know, lots of, you know, pros and cons. And, you know, it's very, very mixed in the gaming community on whether, you know, it's a good game or a bad game. It just depends on the gamer. So if it doesn't work out for you, it doesn't work out for you. 
Um, you know, I, I do believe that it is available on PlayStation Plus and you can play it. I think it's worthy of a pickup if you're just kind of bored of doing the same thing because uh, it's not usual. Um, and neither is Beyond Two Souls, neither is Detroit Become Human. They're all their own different game that's very left field and they all deal with lots of different issues. Um, and, right. you know, just Quantic Dream as a cohesive company really strives to do that. Um, and, you know, I, I do hope that they come out with something else in the future so we can see what other field they can develop in um, as far as this style of game. Um, and yeah, other than that, I think, uh, you know, I, I think I picked a solid choice for us to discuss that, you know, this was one of my picks and I'm pretty excited about it. Hell yeah. Um, I love it. I, you know, just despite a few small seeming inconsistencies, I think the plot is solid. Like I said, mm -hmm. I was hooked. I was constantly wanting to know what happened. This style of game may not be for everyone, but uh, if, if you do like the interactive narrative type game, I think you'll definitely enjoy this. And yeah. if, uh, you know, and, and, and if older games, and, and, and if old, older game graphics and, and controls and, and, and UI don't bother you too much, then I think you'll get a kick out of this. They don't bother me too much. I play old games all the time. So, yeah, <laughs> that's uh, fair. That's fair. Speaking of which, by the way, um, a little bit of an addition to our collateral gaming news because we didn't get a chance to talk about it, but uh, oh, Nintendo yes. recently had a direct and, and, and there were some pretty interesting things that were announced. Uh, not only Nintendo 64, but Sega Genesis are both coming to Switch uh, for mm -hmm. players that get the expansion pack uh, addition to their Nintendo Switch Online membership. Yeah, how much is that going to cost again? It hasn't been really revealed yet. Or hasn't been okay. When it's gonna, they, they don't have a release date either. But we did get a release date for the upcoming Super Mario animated movie, and a cast. Uh, yeah. You know, Chris Pratt as Mario. Hell Pratt, yeah! Pratt, Pratt. Yeah, I love Chris Pratt. He's a great dude. I love him. Uh, he he seems like a pretty wholesome guy, and. Uh, I know that there is some controversy surrounding him, but I, I think he's just legitimately, I mean, I, he's pretty outspoken about his religion, but he's definitely never said anything hateful or, um, or, or, or you know, yeah, he, he I, I like him and I love his characters that he portrays, uh, of course, in the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise and Jurassic World. Uh, oh. Yeah. And I think he'll kill it as Mario. It's not necessarily the choice that I would have made, but I think it's cool. And we've got Charlie Day as Lu as Luigi. I mean, what kind of yes. shenanigans is he going to get up to? Anna Taylor-Joy as Peach. Jack Black as Bowser. Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. Hell yeah, I'm here for it. Yeah, you know, I personally, you know, I I don't watch a lot of Seth Rogen movies, but I can respect his um, his works um per se um charlie day i'm very very excited about freaking love him jack black is just a wholesome human being mm -hmm. um also keegan michael key is toad can we discuss this like yes, yes ma'am um key i actually did just look up the cast um i'm very very excited um and then we're also gonna get um oh god i feel like i'm missing somebody there were a like couple I'm more but yeah uh, all in all, I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty satisfied with the casting. Charles Martinet is doing a, a, you know, a surprise cameo, I believe. So the voice of Mario himself is here. Yes. Obviously, we're not gonna have Lou Albano or Bob Hoskins, but short of either of those three, I think Chris Pratt has a lot to offer, and I can't wait to see more about this movie. 
Also, if they cast anyone else as Wario in the sequel that uh, other than Danny DeVito, we riot. I'm going to be pissed. Oh, yeah. No, I'm done. I'm done at that point. Like, I, I will lose my mind. Um, <laughs> you know, the only thing that I'm hoping for is if they don't release this shit on March 10th, I will start a riot. Okay. Uh, they're releasing Day. it in December of next year. So Fuck that. You need to release it on Mario Day, March 10th, my guy. Right? I, I would be okay with waiting a few months just for it just That's for it to, to coincide with that. <laughs> yes. It's a perfect marketing opportunity. There's going to be a game release for Mario around that time. Why not just tie it all up in a pretty little bow on March 10th? Why not? I don't know. Nintendo always makes questionable decisions, but we love Nintendo, them. I'm at you right now because I love you deeply. You need to release it on March 10th. Get your marketing fucking team together. <laughs> so and they're working with illumination so that's going to be interesting uh yeah. what else what else did they announce in the nintendo direct oh uh we were just talking about it earlier Hold age on. of calamity is uh they, they finally released some of the content that's coming in the second pack which originally was going to come out in november but now it's coming at the end of october yeah, I know that they discussed um, a couple other things, too. Uh, I think they talked a little bit about um, the new Switch that's coming out. Didn't we get some pictures of it? Did they did they release some more of the OLED Switch? I think I think they released some pictures of it. Of the OLED um, Switch. Yeah. I know for the Animal Crossing fans, because I've discussed this recently, we're going to get some new um, content. So I'm very excited for that because I'm I'm loving it. Um, oh, that's what it was. It was Dying Light. Yes, Dying Light is coming to Dying Switch. Dying Light is coming to the Switch. I'm very, very excited about that. Of course, Dread is coming out soon. Can't wait. Yeah, um, both I look the original Dying Light and uh, the, the cloud the version second. of Dying Light too. So. Mm-hmm. And that's really interesting that they decided to go that route. I guess they realized that the Switch wasn't going to be able to run the game as it is, so they're running it as a cloud-based game. And I think that's cool. Yeah. We're not getting the Coder remake on Switch, but we are getting Coder on Switch. So... Yeah. Well, I mean, they already did that with um, Plague Tale. They already have a cloud-based game on there, and it seems to be doing pretty well. It's pretty high in the marketplace. So um, I think they're kind of talking with, you know, executives from Sony and um, PlayStation because Nintendo is all its own. Um, and, and, you know, they've never really, they've never had such clash with, um, you know, with the other, the other big, big dudes. I was trying to think of a name, big companies, God brain, let's work today. Um, they've never had clash like Xbox and PlayStation do. So, um, you know, for me, I, I think it'll be interesting to see what other games we can have come to the switch, especially because we're getting this new advanced switch that seems to be a little bit more capable um, and, you know, Sony did previously pay, fail with this kind of with the PSP, um, you know, so I, I'm kind of interested to see how things are going to kind of develop, um, you know, if there's going to be a lot more cross play compatibility. Are we going to get a COD game on the switch kind of thing? You know, how is that going to go? Did, did we ever announce that as a collateral gaming news segment, the OLED switch? I, I don't know I if we did I think we talked up. about it. I think we I talked about it after E3 because there were. The rumors about it, but it was never officially announced. Right. Well, we were pretty convinced that there that we might get a Switch Pro, and and while we didn't yeah. get the Pro console that we wanted, that was 4K and uh, yeah, you know everything that everybody else wanted, we are getting an updated Switch, and I just wanted to yeah. wait. Oops. And I I I just hello 
Hello. Did you lose me? No, my stupid head headphones. This. Yeah. Okay. Oh, it's available next month. The the OLED switch. Yes, it's available October eighth. It's going to be three forty nine ninety nine. Yeah. So seven inch OLED screen, adjustable stand. Uh, dock wired with LAN and then 64 gigs of internal storage and enhanced audio. So, yeah, we haven't talked about it yet, but I'm, oh, man, I kind of want it. Well, I'm in the market for a new Switch because, like I said before, I have a Switch Lite. So I uh, I would like to get a full version Switch, and I was going to get one, and then I found out that there might be a Switch Pro coming out. So I'm in the market for a new switch and I was I was okay with just getting the regular switch. So, I'm cool with it. I'll get the I'll get the OLED version just to get the best version that's available. Uh eventually. I have other priorities. I want a new computer and I would like to get a PS5 because we did get some really fucking awesome Sony announcements that we discussed last yeah. episode. So, <laughs> yeah. Stepdaughter and my husband. I know my pockets are going to be empty. Um, I'm I'm debating on buying Alan the new Switch maybe for for an upcoming holiday. Um, you know, like I I do want to get it for him, but there, I don't think there's a lot of games that alert to him right now on it. So I think I might um, end up just building him a PC first. Um, but I know that I definitely want to get him a new console at least because he deserves that. He's literally a golden retriever husband, and he's the best. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I definitely would want to invest in a new Switch because it definitely looks very pretty. Also, the just the fact of the cable... Oh, hold on, Megan. Because um, oh, you're not coming in. Uh-oh. <sighs> hello. 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 It is me. Hello. There we go. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, nope. No, it's the headphones, but yeah, because it's the input, right? Just going to keep making noise until I'm good. Because I don't know what else to do. Hello. Is this better? Can you hear me? Well, hi. my headphones, unfortunately... You have to stick it just a certain way to pick up, and I hate it. It's so annoying. Oh, no. Or it's it's the adapter, and... Oh, come on. All right. Hello. Oh, fuck. All right. Is that better? Did you get yes. it? Yes. Uh, ha! Well, it only is when I'm holding the cord, so I guess we're going to have to do that. Okay. Okay, so anyways, I was saying I'm really excited. Uh, I, I think I would invest in it simply for the tabletop because um, my stepdaughter really loves Pokemon, and I want to get her Pokemon Snap so you know she can play it. Uh, and and her little brother is is small, so I wouldn't want him you know knocking it over. This seems more stable for kids to be around. Um, so I you know I think that might be a good selling point for you as well with with Hazel. Um, sure. So you know, but that's definitely something that's heavy on my noggin. Um, and, and also it just, it just looks a little bit better. You know, I'm, I'm the only thing that I'm hoping with this new version of the switch is that they up, you know, upgrade the, the quality of the joy cons a little bit, because I have heard that they can be quite problematic. So I treat mine very gently. And the one thing that I don't like about it is I can hear the springs 
a lot when I'm using it. So it makes me very weary of using my switch. Um, cause I don't want to destroy it. You know, my, my husband bought it for me for Christmas. So, yeah. um, thing I'm hoping with this new version of the switch is that we get better enhanced joy cons that really mask up to, you know, like you could throw a Wiimote at the freaking TV and that thing would, you know, just keep going through the TV and that thing was bulletproof. But these seem so sensitive and, and very breakable. So I'm really, really hoping for better joy cons. That's like well, my biggest takeaway. The joystick drift is is, is obviously a, a forever issue, but yeah. uh, I, I actually ended up fixing it on mine because one of my one of my analog sticks on my Switch Lite actually broke, and I can't just purchase oh. a new set of Joy Cons. Yeah. I had to, so I ordered an iFixit kit. I opened up my Switch and I replaced it, and because the other one was experiencing Joy Con drift, Similar I issues. went ahead and replaced that one as well. So. I do have a fully working switch now with two analog sticks and no drift. So that's nice. But overall, I think Collateral Gaming Season 3 has been super successful. I've loved a lot of the games that we've talked about. I mean, what what, what have you thought about it so far? It's been so much fun. I cannot wait for next season because we have so much coming. Like, Y'all are not prepared for this. Like just, yes. just the bad game review alone is like next level. So I'm very, very excited. Like I can't wait to, you know, really pick up on our creative juices and go farther with that. Um, Alan and I are also moving in the next week. So I'll get to have an optimal setup so I can uh, get everything ready for uh, my, my let's play content on mass effect. I'm so sorry that I've been, you know, not, not getting right away on that for y'all, but I know, Hopefully I'll have some people that watch it because apparently I'm very funny when I game, especially when it comes to Mass Effect. Um, but yeah, I'm really, really excited for season four. We have so much coming. We have lots of interesting stuff coming out in the next year. So I can't wait to hear everybody talk about it and us just nerd out about it together because yes. that's a form of therapy for me is just hanging out with my dudes and and talking about video games, you know, because not a lot of not a lot of people I know like to do that. So I can't wait to just come back next season nice and refreshed and talk to you guys and and uh, entertain our audience. I'm very, very excited. Hell yeah. So I have enjoyed Collateral Gaming Season 3 quite a bit. Uh, last time we mentioned several titles that were just a lot of fun to talk about. Uh, big takeaway, I think my favorite game to talk about was Ghost of Tsushima. Just just so good. Um, it's a beautiful game. I don't know. Skyward Sword HD, though. <laughs> that one, too. Oh, well, yeah. Because we're, it's all, Zelda. we're all impartial to Zelda. It's fine. It's or, casual. We all know this. I lied. We talked about fucking Majora's Mask this season. I just didn't think about it because yeah. it was the very first season, game that we did. But that would have actually been my favorite game to talk about. <laughs> I had too many favorites this season. We had we had a lot. It was awesome. Um, you know, we, we did get to get to delve into more of, I feel like my picks this year, uh, you know, cause last, last year, you know, it was kind of like I was a newbie on the scene and you're already part of the way through the season. Yeah. Um, so, you actually so got I, to I finally got to jump in. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, like this is exciting. And I was like, oh my God, like we're getting to talk about games that I've nerded out about for years. Like this is so fun. Yeah, for sure. I had a lot of fun with it. I mean, I, I, I had a, a blast this season and Stay tuned for season four of Collateral Gaming because we are going to be opening up with a game launch episode of Metroid Dread. And I'm so excited. Yes. And 
like our other episodes, we're going to do a two-parter. So what we're going to do this time is the first part will be spoiler-free. That'll be our game launch episode. And the second part, launching in November, will be focusing on the uh, story and the more spoilery aspects, going full blast into it. Because as a Metroid game, as the first original 2D Metroid game to come out in 19 years, we need to talk about it. And I think yeah. two hours is plenty of time to discuss that. Well, or maybe not enough. I don't know. We we'll haven't played out. it yet. Uh, yeah. In the middle of that, we're releasing our Halloween special on Outlast. So, I'm so freaking excited for this. My God. Yes. So like yeah. y'all are not ready for, for how much you're going to be almost shitting your pants with this game. Like this game will scare the fuck out of you. And I cannot wait to hear about your reactions from it because I know replaying it to cry and scream like a little girl. And it's going to be the most entertaining <laughs> thing that I know anybody in my household will see in my entire life. So it's fine. It's fine. I'm just going to humiliate myself for you guys because I love you guys. It's fine. And we have so many other games planned for the upcoming season. Believe me, guys, we are really excited to, to share some of that with you. Um, we'll, we'll be doing another uh, Collateral Cinema crossover with an upcoming video game movie adaptation. So stay tuned for that. Season yeah, yeah. four starts up in October. You can find Collateral Gaming wherever you get your podcasts. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, YouTube, and many others. If we're not somewhere, let us know. While you're waiting for more Collateral Gaming content, I think we will continue to be releasing the bonus round episodes. But yeah. if that's not enough and you can't absolutely can't wait till October check out some of our Patreon content. We have Let's Play video game commentaries, and Megan's going to be releasing a Mass Effect commentary very soon. I'm going to catch up on some of the stuff that we were getting behind on. And if you enjoy this episode, then please leave us feedback on your platform of choice. We'll definitely yeah. accept a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Heck and yeah, man. Check us out on Podchaser as well, the social network for podcasts and podcasters. We are also on social media, so check out our Facebook page. Check out our Facebook group, Collateral Media Podcast, where we post content from both Collateral Cinema and Collateral Gaming. And you can yes. post content there as well, as long as it's movie, video game, TV, anime, or podcast related. At least tangentially. <laughs> and uh, also... I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, we're on Twitter and we're on Instagram as well. And if there's any new social media that uh, you'd like to see us on, we're yeah, happy to check it out. Yeah, if you want to see me make some TikToks or something, I'll, I'll try it. I'll attempt it. I've already made a few, but it's fine. TikTok. Hey, maybe we'll make a snap. I'll tell you what. We will not be on Parlor. Um, that's one that I'll be skipping out on. Sorry, friends. <laughs> but I think that's... All there is to say now, uh, any closing thoughts for our season three viewers, Megan? Um, thoughts for season three. Um, thank you so much for joining us in this incredible adventure that we're going on. We're just a bunch of nerds who like to uh, talk about, you know, our favorite thing in the world, which takes us out of our own heads, which is video games. 
Um, I hope that y'all continue to um, learn and develop with us. Um, and, and we always love your interaction. We love you no matter what. Um, please don't ever hesitate to reach out to us if you ever need anything. If you just want to talk, if you think we're stupid and you need to give us, you know, some some terrible feedback, that's fine. I'd just love to hear from you guys in general. Um, and I and I really hope that you guys are excited for the next season. This is this has been a, definitely been a a learning experience for me and in the best way. And I love that, you know, I can take something that I've been passionate about for years and, and talk about it, you know, just with, with people that, you know, I enjoy their company and um, I can't wait to continue to expand my horizons next season. Well said. And thank you. Yeah. Feel free to reach out to us. If you're a podcaster or streamer, gamer, anybody else that you want to and want to collab with us hit us up and let us know uh we'd oh, yeah. be happy to send you the list of games upcoming for next season and that way you can uh jump on any episode if you have an idea or a suggestion recommendation that you'd like for us to go over um feel yeah. free to throw us throw that our way as well but yeah uh, if there's anything you want us to play let us know we'll try it <laughs> we'll try it <laughs> we'll try anything I mean, come I'm on. a try guy. I'll try anything. It's fine. <laughs> I, I sat through Zelda CDI and Sonic the Hedgehog 2006. So bring it this way. We can only go up from here, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that being said, I'm Ashley Chancellor. And I am Megan Gomez. This is Collateral Gaming signing out of season three and see you guys in October. Goodbye, season three. Collateral Gaming out. Peace. Collateral Gaming is a collateral media podcast. All music and game clips are owned by their respective creators and are used for educational purposes only. Please don't sue us. We're poor.